All right. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast. My name is Nate, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, look at us. Who'd have thought? (laughs) This is... This is great. Hello, my name is Brucker, and yes, this is Blue Milk Dropped. It finally, we're doing this. We have had this has been a year in the making, folks. For mm-hmm. people that don't know, this has been a year in the making. And look at us. We're here talking about the book of Boba Fett. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Not me. Not <laughs> me. <laughs> it really. It's been a full year. It's been a full year since we talked about the show or mentioned Blue Milk Drop, the happenings of it. So, and it's finally coming to fruition. It's finally happening. Yes, and um, thank you, everybody, that's given us a shot. This is uh, a little passion project for us. We're both huge Star Wars fan. Nate is one of the most knowledgeable Star Wars people I know. So, And I'm a dude that likes Star Wars, so this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I feel like uh, I can bring a lot of like the historical aspects, right? I read a lot of novels, EU novels, canon comics and stuff, so I can give you that aspect, but Brucker is the man when it comes to just full-blown analysis for literally everything movies i mean the man uses the word cinematography uh in a sentence <laughs> on the regular so i feel like that kind of says a lot for <laughs> for who you are as a person so in nate speaks uh, uh damn I, I couldn't think of a star wars language <laughs> damn, damn <it>. okay <laughs> thanks anyways so let's talk about the show on today's episode of Blue Milk Drop, we'll be geeking over the first trailer for the book of Boba Fett. So this is how it's going to work. We'll be going over some show details, you know, give everybody their credit, um, our reactions to the trailer, the first trailer, things that stood out, and then we're going to top it off with some bold predictions of where we think this show is going to go. So without further ado, let's get started into the episode details. Let's get those knocked out. Uh, so th- the release date of this show is going to be December 29th, 2021. So that's actually exactly 376 days since the Mandalorian season two finale, where we were first teased of this show about its eventual existence. Uh, nobody had any idea. There were n- nothing was leaked in the fact that that little snippet of the end of, you know, Bib Fortuna getting shot off of, you know, Jabba's throne and Bib a Fortuna. fat Bib Fortuna he getting was, shot off. <laughs> he, he, has chunk, big, man. he has a big shoes to fill after Jabba. He yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he didn't quite it, get there, but man, he, he did not look good. No, he didn't. If it wasn't going to be heart disease, it was, it was, uh, Boba's blaster. So yeah. <laughs> Star Wars diabetes, basically. Um, <laughs> Uh, as far as the official runtime for these episodes, I don't think any of that has been announced yet, but I would assume it's going to fall along the same lines as the 25 to 45 minute runtime uh, that Mandalorian kind of gave us. It just kind of varied, right? Episode mm-hmm. And I yeah. like that. They kind of just let the story be what it is and not try to rush it. Uh, in terms of writers for the show, I don't think anybody's currently listed, but we do have the director. So it's going to be Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's doing a majority of the episodes and I think there's only about seven of them that's going to be released i'm so excited uh, for robert rodriguez dude i um when we get to this point in the show i'm so excited to talk about him okay yeah i'm excited here because that is what you bring man like you know these things i know <laughs> nothing about the guy so i'm excited to hear what you have to say uh it's going to be produced by john favreau dave filoni kathleen kennedy and robert rodriguez it's going to star tamura morrison and migna wen and a few people who I'll talk about in my bold predictions, who I think will also be inv- involved in this show. Ooh. Uh, 
And then typically towards the end of these uh, episode detail episodes, I'll give like an episode summary, like a fun summary of what it is. But this is the trailer reaction. So uh, let's just get into our initial reactions. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Brucker. What did you think of the Book of Boba Fett trailer? So, okay, I kind of have had, I'm going to first preface this with my reaction to just like the show like as a concept like like the show like <laughs> okay like in general just like the idea of the book of boba fett and i had i i'm I, i'm kind of having the same reaction i had to the solo a star wars story movie idea okay. which was i don't know if we need a solo movie but when i watched when i went and watched solo i had a, a freaking great time and i really liked that movie and so i'm kind of like in that same boat right now we're like i don't know if we need a book of boba fett like i really like boba fett and the trailer has me i'm, I'm just excited for star wars content but i I'm, I'm just like a little concerned where the trailer's going either way i'm still hype and i know as soon as i watch this show i'm probably gonna love it no matter what but my initial reaction was I don't know if we need it, but I freaking want it because I want Star Wars content. Just put it in my veins. <laughs> and it. yeah, I mean, and like I have a lot of I have a lot of other thoughts of like why I'm not like incredibly excited for it, but I am really excited. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's mostly just because like M- Mando, like the Mandalorian was awesome. And it was awesome because it was a new character. We didn't, he, he, you know, we, him being a new character meant the the skies you know was the limit you know like anything can happen you could go any direction and we you get feel like boba's kind of boxed into something is that and what I, you're, yes, getting, exactly. what you're like, getting at like boba a character like boba fett carries so much weight and like i feel like audiences are just going to be like stuck in critiquing everything and oh, about like yeah oh he wouldn't do this or he wouldn't say this because of like x y and z examples from the original trilogy series and or, well, uh, I kind of feel like I feel like we kind of already broke the mold of, mold of who Boba was from the Mandalorian, right? Like we thought he True. was just some hard bad guy, and in the Mandalorian, he's doing good things, right? He just yes, yes, they know. they did kind of like wipe the slate clean with him with Amanda, which is I think something that is needed. But still, you know, people are going to be like <laughs> just painstakingly like critiquing his every action and everything which is why i'm like kind of hesitant for the show and also the show makes it look like that this is going to be like a tatooine like turf war kind of show which doesn't excite me too much but i trust robert rodriguez is basically what i'm saying but okay so like i'm excited but i'm cautiously optimistic i feel the exact opposite of you i think (laughs) this is (laughs) I think this is everything we've ever wanted and everything we need. Uh, And I'll tell you why. I feel like based on the reaction to the prequels, right, in comparison to the original trilogy, um, people did not like the inconsistency of storytelling, right? The OT was very gritty um, and just kind of was what it was. You know what I mean? It was an old school movie. They just told the story and it was done. For the prequels, they brought a lot of politics into it and a lot of things that, I mean, I'll admit I did not understand until more recently, right? Within the past five years in terms of 
politics and the economics of Star Wars and <laughs> all the other workings of it. <clears throat> and then when it came to the sequel trilogy, it's like they kind of tried to go back to the OT. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like they, it, it felt a little bit redundant. And I'm not a sequel hater by any means. I'm not a, any Star Wars. I love all Star Wars content, just like Brecker said, injected in my veins. But I feel like whenever The Mandalorian came out, it was very stylized, right? It felt like a samurai movie. It felt like a Western. I felt like I was watching the Dollars trilogy in Star Wars form. And I loved that, right? Mm -hmm. I love seeing a Star Wars Clint Eastwood on the screen. And I feel like this show, Book of Boba Fett, is going to be a new like storytelling approach that we have not gotten in Star Wars at all. Oh, interesting. From the whole like, it's a lot of social, it's, it's, I feel like it's going to be a lot of like social politics just based on what we saw. And I know the trailer showed a lot of tattooing, but I feel like later on, you know, I'll talk about why I don't think it's just going to be tattooing and, and other players in this story. So I, I feel like this is everything we want. It's the crime in the underworld of star Wars. And we've never gotten that right. We've only gotten that in clone wars and really only a select few of people actually watch the animated Star Wars stuff. Like, so in, in seeing it in live action, I feel like this is going to be absolutely insane. And just like how you brought up Solo, we got a little glimpse of it with Kira and Red Dawn and then seeing Maul and, you know, Dryden Voss, mm-hmm. that whole portion of it. We got a little snippet of it. We got a little taste. And I think we're going to get a little bit more of those, those little nibbles, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I like your point about the Tatooine thing because my the thing that I it, one reason why I love Star Wars so much is because I love the universe, you know, like seeing it be built, you know, and just like filled in. And that's one thing that I love about Mando so much is that we got to see a bunch of really cool planets, even if we're only there for an episode. I love how you know each episode can be kind of like like a bottle episode in a way in that like you know you're in a new environment and i just find that so cool and so and this saga has (laughs) this love for tatooine and it makes sense because you know that's where it all started that's where luke and anakin are from but um to your point about seeing other planets i sure hope we do and i actually think (laughs) that we will because from the research i did the trailer that we saw they only used clips from the first two episodes. Like that's it. There's oh, nothing else beyond that. that because they don't want to spoil, you know, anything really. So I think that there's definitely, I mean, of course it's just like a, like a 90 second trailer or something. So mm-hmm. I think that there's still tons of room for other things to happen outside of Tatooine. If we do go there. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like the Mandalorian trailer too, um, like for season two is the most recent one I can think of. I feel like a lot of those trailer clips also came from the early episodes. And I I think once we hit like episode four, we're like, okay, we've seen all the clips from the trailer. This is like a clean slate. And it was a completely different show in the end with Luke showing up at the end. So like that was nuts. Also spoiler alerts for the Mandalorian. (laughs) You haven't watched it. As I said, (laughs) somehow you haven't done that. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so like what you mentioned all the things that you saw in the trail, like what stuck out to you? Like were there like positives or negatives in the different uh, scenes or thoughts? 
uh, like I said, I find it really interesting that Boba Fett is wanting to take the place as Jabba as kind of like the crime lord. But mm-hmm. um, it seems like he's again, it just kind of like seems like turf disputes between different like factions in like the crimes. And so I don't know how interesting that's going to be. And uh, I don't know. So I, I think like my uh, I hope that this isn't like breaking the mold for anything, but like I have a feeling that like my prediction for this is that it's, it's going to start out with him, tr- people trying to recruit him to be, to, to do bounties. And it's kind of him f- like, just kind of like fighting that off or whatever, or trying to be the peacemaker. And we see in the trailer, he's trying to say that he wants to rule with respect. So I feel like in the first episode or two, he's gonna like make an example of someone and be like, instead of like fears like you're just going to respect me for that or he or he like has a uh town hall meeting and he tells people a how he escaped a sarlacc <laughs> yeah a town hall meeting and he is he tells them how he escaped the sarlacc pit and be like oh shit, that dude he escaped the acid worm okay yeah we gotta that, that that that's that's my new crime lord right there oh my god daddy's telling us a bedtime story everybody gather around <laughs> <laughs> put your blasters away <laughs> we're all listening I don't know. I <laughs> again, I feel opposite. I feel like when we got that opening scene in the trailer of Jabba's palace with that little spider brain thing walking around, mm-hmm. it like made me feel good. It brought me back to like scum and villainy and all the like the terrible things that like Jabba brought to Tatooine in the original trilogy, right? It kind of just put mm-hmm. me in this mindset of how the show's going to be. I'm like, okay, so this is going to be a scummy, like crime heavy show, right? Interesting. And I don't know. That's like I said before, like this is not anything we've dove into before. They've touched on it in the comics and more recently, right? In the Canon comics, but that's pretty much it. And this is, this is just new territory, regardless of the planets that we're on that, may remain consistent across all the movies. Like this is completely uncharted territory. And like, speaking of that, all the different like alien species that just, this show is like bringing out, right. We see like an Ithorian, like the hammerhead shark looking dude. We've got, uh, mm. the, the guys that the same species as Bosque. I'm forgetting what they are at the, at the moment. And we got the guys with the butt chins, right? I forget what they're called too. <laughs> But it's just like, I feel like they're just really going all out for this show because I feel like all the movies and stuff, they focus more on like human characters because it's easier to do that or human characters with makeup on, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. an alien. They're just a human, but green or human, but blue. But this show, I feel like they're just pulling out all the works. You know, they're going to bring back all the people that we saw in like the, the Moss Eisley Cantina, right? In episode four and just establish that like this is what this is like this is star wars this is aliens this is a melting pot for alien species on all these different planets and these are all of the crime syndicates involved and i think that's cool i think (laughs) see okay you say that and like what we saw in mando season two i think it was the first or second episode when he goes to that he he goes to like a crime boss and they're watching the uh the 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 guards that were they called the the pig people 
the Gamorian Gamorians. Yeah, yeah, they're watching the, the the Gamorian warriors like fight in like the the box, mm-hmm. and that was that was like a that was kind of like a mafia movie setting <laughs> for that, and I love that. So like, if we get like kind of like grimy, scummy stuff like that, I think I'll be down for it. But I think my big question is, what is a Bib Fortuna Tatooine like? Because he's the one that's been ruling it for however many years since uh, after Return of the Jedi, I think what were like seven, eight years after mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. So I'm kind of interested to see what the Bib Fortuna, um, I don't know, Tatooine's been like because it had to be bad enough because Boba Fett just shot him straight up without like <laughs> asking anything because there's no way like it was just like a peaceful Tatooine and Boba Fett did that. So ha- has this been uh dabbled at all in like the comics or anything no this is completely also uncharted territory i feel like i almost feel like bib bib fortuna filled the role of like a puppet right and Um. because right the last time we see jabba he's on the barge with all his cronies and they all get blown up right jabba gets choked out everybody else gets blown up so i almost feel like nobody else knows jabba's dead right and oh, really? maybe Bib Fortuna is kind of ruling from the throne, but being like, you guys can't come to the palace anymore. That's just not how we operate these days. Jabba wants you to do this. Jabba wants you to do that. And people might think Jabba is still alive and he's kind of just like the puppet master in the background, right? Ruling. But at the same time, because, you know, he's got his guard around him, uh, they know that's not really the case. And Bib Fortuna doesn't strike me as someone to like earn a lot of respect right when you first see him he just seems like the guy you know twiddling his fingers Mm -hmm. in the corner and (laughs) so that's probably why boba fett just walked in shot his folks up and then shot him and sat on the throne and it was that easy but in terms Mm -hmm. of like income and you know all the things that interesting or the hut cartel was involved in like he was probably still running that in the background so for like eight years, he's just been like, ah, Jabba no bother, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw you. I saw your face. You looked like you were cooking that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, that's been sitting in the kitchen for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, your face gave uh, away. That's hilarious. I also have, so with Bib Fortuna, with your I- idea, Bib Fortuna, that also makes sense why he like, gained all the weight because he's just doing like a Jabba cosplay. Like he's, <laughs> he's like on like the Zoom calls, just like wearing like, or like a Jabba robe or something. He's just like, I'm not. Han Solo. Like that was a very low effort Jabba. But <laughs> here's my big question. Is there still slavery on Tatooine? Like uh, under Bib Fortuna, did did he just get rid of that, or is that oh, like he ain't, he ain't abolishing anything? He's I just realized I just called him Bib Fortuna. Sorry, that's <laughs> Bib Fortuna, right? Or I don't know. It cut cut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start. Right? This is great. Yeah, blue milk drop people. Um, so getting back to like trailer reactions and like specific things. Mm-hmm. Did did you happen to also see like some like the other like TV spots that they aired that like wasn't the main official trailer? I did not. What? I want to have to send you this. So okay. um, there there was, there was like some other like shorter like thirty seconds or so um, that just like you know TV spots and they showed a little bit of extra stuff that wasn't in the main one and it's like really quick flashes of stuff. Mm-hmm. There is one flash of Boba Fett. He appears to be in what I think is a Bacta tank. It's 
uh, it's zoomed in. Basically, you get the idea that he's underwater and he has like a mouthpiece for breathing and he like wakes up in it. So I wonder if we're like going to be getting like flashbacks to like him healing from the Sarlacc pit at all, because I don't know if that would make sense going with the rule and the rumor that all the clips are from the first two episodes. I'm not sure if it would make sense to like have him in a back to take that this early into his reign. Well, his appearance is different from the Mandalorian because I felt like he was more. Um, I don't know. He just looked. Not great. Right. He looked like a thumb, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, well, uh, he, well they, and now he's got eyebrows, right? He he looks like he's healed up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I watched the the gallery stuff, like the behind the scenes thing, and that was like, of course, purposeful. But like, you know, they wanted to really show how like the stomach acid from the Sarlacc pit like scarred him in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. We're definitely going to get some flashbacks. We definitely have to learn how he got out of that Sarlacc pit. I know maybe Star Wars folks aren't in the whole realm of explaining things you know somehow palpatine has returned <laughs> you know like it's a story like for another day god dang it maz <laughs> tell me how you got anakin's lightsaber like ugh. anyways yes so that so maybe we won't get it maybe we'll get flashbacks <laughs> to other things <laughs> that are completely irrelevant and that we don't actually want to see but i'm here for it mm-hmm. but i want to go back to a specific thing that you commented so Boba's talking to somebody, right? And in this trailer, and actually, it sounds like Din Djarin, but obviously, I don't know that he's going to be in the show. It does sound like Pedro Pascal, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, is that the Athorian talking? Like, he sounds very, you know, voice doesn't really fit your face. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Seems like more of a grunt kind of guy. But he's having this conversation with somebody. Just like what you said, Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. And that kind of gave me um game of throne vibes right um mm-hmm. i don't know if you've watched the show but there's this character her name is uh, daenerys targaryen and she comes from a family that basically ruled this realm right and um bas- she's got famous blood and famous <clears throat> blood love it <laughs> that's pretty much it and she feels like she's got the right to rule this throne right but nobody really respects her because she is in, again, in their world, just a woman and women are not treated with respect at all. And she's small. She doesn't seem like she really can hold her own in a fight. And it's not until like a series of events where she kind of like goes around recruiting people and like she freed a whole bunch of slaves and she got the nickname, the breaker of chains. And she, you know, uh, grew baby dragons. and She got the nickname mother of dragons. I feel like we're going to get a lot of that with Boba Fett. You know, I feel like in these first couple of episodes, he's going to do this feels like a comeback story, right? For him. Oh, like this is his redemption because the last anybody heard of him is he fell into a tar, excuse me. He fell into the Sarlacc pit and had his untimely demise. And that was it. Like the great Boba Fett died in a Sarlacc pit. Like, how does that happen? He's got a jetpack, And that probably (laughs) when he came back, they probably just didn't respect him. I would imagine people just think like, Oh, you're, not actually as great as you thought dude you're a meme now yeah like <laughs> you're literally a joke i saw a gif of you on twitter and you were nothing but i feel like this is him like trying to make his comeback and he's like i'm not gonna try to overpower you because first of all 
one, y'all don't think that's going to happen. And second, if I did try, like I would probably kill you because I'm just as deadly, maybe even more deadly than before. And like, this is his come up story and he's just going to recruit all these people. And I love that. I really do because you really hit on a major theme because like, that's one of the biggest themes in star Wars. There are so many redemption arcs in in, in this story. And that's kind of like what, I think that's kind of like what George Lucas sort of like set out this franchise to be because, you know, he said that he made these movies for kids. And I think it's at least from his point of view, important to, you know, show kids that like, you know, you can always turn it around and, you know, there's always hope. Um, so I actually would be really fitting for the franchise for it to be like his comeback story. I really like that a lot. I haven't thought about it that way. Thank you. Thank you. Should we just, uh, should we, do you have any final thoughts about the trailer or anything like a brain dump? Uh, you just want to point out? Can I, feel I like just we should say why I'm really excited about Robert Rodriguez? Yeah. Oh yes. Please tell me. Okay. So first off, he's just a great director. Um, you know, his movies are really good. I love the faculty. I know that's like one of his like earlier movies, but still it's so good. Um, so he directed the first episode that we saw Bubba Fett in, in season two, uh, the, the tragedy which I believe is like the third to last episode of the one where Grogu gets snatched up by the Empire. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Robert, Robert Rodriguez uh, filmed that one or directed that episode. And again, watching the gallery stuff, I really got to see just how invested he is, not just like in directing or star Wars, but specifically Boba Fett. Like he is so invested in this character. And I really saw him and Tamara Morrison really vibing offset and uh and this is like how uh like important boba fett is to him as a character is that he said that so the that episode if you recall i, I rewatch it today if you recall that episode there's a large chunk of it is just like boba fett and fennec murdering stormtroopers and it's like th- th- that's basically the whole episode mm-hmm. and he said that that fight scene was only three pages of the script, which if you're going by like traditional rules, that's like a minute per page. And he said no. And he stretched it out to a nine minute fight scene. And cause he said that, I don't know how people are going to react. And I don't know if he made it sound like he didn't know that like the book of Boba Fett was coming. That's mm. like how he was talking about it. I mean, who knows? But, and so he was saying, it's like, I don't know if Boba Fett is going to come back like you know on like live action screen so i don't want to leave anything like on the field (laughs) i want to like make sure people see who he is now as a person and just like how badass he is and that he is you know still he's like changed so we do see he's kind of like a changed person because he does honor din jarin on like this noble quest to save the child and everything Mm -hmm. and so he's just like it was so important to me to leave no room for like discussion on like how badass he is or like the type of character he is now. And yeah. he said that, uh, c- that he, e- cause I think that like they film, I think like part of this was like being done over like COVID. And so he said that like, you know, he, he, he really wanted, like I said, he wanted to expand that fight scene to be nine minutes instead of just like two or three. So to like illustrate what he wanted, he had his son's, dress up in like Boba Fett and Stormtrooper Halloween costumes and he filmed them in his backyard like doing the choreography with action figures and stuff Get and out. he sent that to Dave uh, to Dave Filoni and uh, 
John Favreau and he's like this is what I want to do and they're like holy shit, this is amazing like you know you use you used action figures for this this is like the best um so yeah that's like so and you really saw him and Tamara Morrison bonding and Tamara Morrison I believe he's is he Australian or New Zealand New Zealand he's New Zealand okay mm-hmm. or from New Zealand um so he on the set you know he was showing him his uh, his uh I think it's called Mori or like Morai Maori Maori, yeah, like that kind of like that, like the like the fight dance that they do, and oh. it was really important to him. So they incorporated the same choreography into how Boba Fett fights. Oh. And I, I just hit my mic, sorry. And I thought that was so cool. So like, for like these reasons, I was like, wow, okay, Robert Rodriguez is the right person. Besides him just being invested, he's already connected with like the leading role of this, and like they like vibe with each other on like who the character is and how he should move and act and behave. So I'm like, so I'm really excited to, for like all the fight sequences and stuff. So with that being said, do you think since he wanted to put it all on the table in that Mandalorian episode, do you think he's going to put it all on the table for these seven episodes of this first season? Or do you think we're going to get like an extended story? Are we going to get a season two? See, that's a good question. Cause like the book of Boba Fett, like how many chapters are we going to get? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I think I, I, unless like they've already had prior discussions with him about what they think the future has, uh, probably not. He's probably just like going to assume it's just one season. Cause I think that's kind of like how they've been doing this because like John Favreau even talked about how like in the first season, you know, they didn't really know how people would react to certain things. And it was really funny watching them from the first season. I think it was like episode five was when the Fennec episode, uh, when they go back to Tatooine mm. and, Man- and Mando and like this like you know crappy kid uh, go after the bounty for Fennec and, and mm-hmm. you know we get that little teaser at the end which you know somebody standing over her with like the, the, the spurs walking and we you know we know now it's Boba Fett but at the time we didn't and uh, watching behind the scenes them film that and it, they knew that it was going to be Boba Fett but mm-hmm. it was really funny because they were all talking about how like this is like too obvious that it's Boba Fett. Like everybody's going to know that it's obvious, and it's funny because you and I like argued about that. I think I was like, "There's no <laughs> way did. it's Boba Fett. Like this is too big of a character." Which is exactly what Dave Filoni said behind these. He's like, "No, people are going to like psych to psych themselves out and say it's too big of a character. They won't see it coming. They'll all like argue about it." Which is like they were so spot on for that. But um, anyways, yeah. So I'm really excited for Robert Rodriguez. You just got me more excited for him. I was actually um, a little bit worried for him taking so many episodes of this because as good as the episode was in The Mandalorian, I felt like the lighting was weird in that episode and because it, it was like a daytime and I feel like everything else was at like twilight or yeah. some weird part of the day. And it, it just felt like, I don't know, I felt like I was on set watching the episode. I didn't actually feel <laughs> like I was, you know, on a planet. Well- it definitely feels so different from the other episodes because that's the only one that was filmed like on location somewhere. Cause all mm-hmm. the other ones were filmed like in the volume, like on that stage mm-hmm. or just like in the back lot of like, of, of the studio they normally shoot in. But this was like an actual location in California. They had to go to because it was just too big of a set piece that they wanted to do. So mm. I think that's why it feels so different from the other ones because it's not set in the volume. Okay, that's a good point. I won't hold that against him. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, 
I feel like we really got into that. I like I like what you just brought to the table just then. Let's get into some bold predictions real yes. quick. So for my prediction of, I guess, the story and how this is going to, the story arc is going to go, let me, I need to go back in time a little bit, right? So where, where we're starting is right after episode five. This is immediately after Han Solo has been frozen in carbonite. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going, I thought you were talking about Jedi, but you're obviously talking about empire. I was going to correct you. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> Did I say episode six? No, you said episode five. I thought that you were, Oh, I, 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 I fudged it up. Go ahead and start over. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So we're starting immediately after star Wars episode five, right after Han Solo has been frozen in carbonite. And I'm going to take you to a, a, a more recent Canon comic series that has come out. It's called war of the bounty hunters. And it's actually, there's actually two different stories. Um, the other one is called just bounty hunters and they're both star Wars comics. And these cover the series of events following Han being frozen in carbonite. So, right. We just assume, and I just assumed before I read these comics that Han's frozen in carbonite. He takes it to Jabba. Boba Fett gets his bounty. He gets all the money and he's hanging out at Jabba's palace until star Wars episode six, but that's actually not what happened. So, it was like a whole thing that happened, right? And without like ruining the comic for anybody who wants to read it, uh, I'm just going to summarize it for you. Basically, while transporting Han's frozen body mural <laughs> to Jabba's palace, it's stolen by Crimson Dawn. So Crimson Dawn is the crime syndicate that we see in the Solo trilogy that at the time was led by Dryden Voss, And then later on, we learn it's actually being ruled by um, Darth Maul, right? And it's stolen by Crimson Dawn. And the person, do you know who the leader of Crimson Dawn is at this time? No. It's Kira. It's Han Solo's old go- girlfriend Ooh. from Solo. So she is, um, we just assume that whenever Maul died, right, um, in Rebels, in the cartoon series, apologies if you haven't read it yet, but he does. It, it can be probably assumed that Crimson Dawn just kind of like dwindles away because prior to that time, they had not been in existence and them having Han Solo's uh, like carbonite body was like their big re-entrance into the whole like crime syndicate world. And this was like their whole big shebang because like Han was worth a lot of money to a lot of different people. He had a lot of bounties on his head. <clears throat> And this was her way of like, you know, this was her ticket back in. And so that was a big deal. But but Jabba finds out about this. Mm. He gets mad. He puts a bounty on Boba Fett's head. So not only is Boba Fett trying to get, you know, Han back from Crimson Dawn, he's also being hunted by other bounty hunters. And it's like this whole thing. It's a really good story. And obviously without, you know, ruining the story, he does end up with Han he does take him to, to Jabba and um, eventually in episode six, we see his untimely demise in the Sarlacc pit. So that's where we left off huh. with uh, Boba Fett. So just kind of like what I was talking about before, this feels like this is going to be more of a redemption story for him. This is his comeback story because I feel like 
a man like him who has so much legend behind him, so much lore behind him, uh, like within the Star Wars universe, it's almost like he's become completely demoralized, right? By, by quote unquote dying. And Mm -hmm. that's just the end of him. Like he, he holds no regard in anybody's mind anymore because he is, he does bleed, right? He is not (laughs) untouchable. And it's like, this is where, you know, this show is going to come into place. This is him getting back on the scene, not as a bounty hunter, but as a boss, as a man in charge, because you can't just come back on the scene as a bounty hunter. They're probably not going to respect you either way. And that's mm-hmm. just not the lifestyle for someone of his age at this point. Right. And especially somebody who is clearly visibly from his body had been, you know, undergoing some sort of health conditions. I'm sure he's got like <laughs> Sarlacc pit cancer or something. And like that's <laughs> deterior. I'm, I'm that's, I actually do think that I think that he's yeah. probably going to have some like underlying, like medical thing about him, which is probably where, you know, the back kind of comes into place. Oh, that's so interesting. I haven't thought about that before. Yeah. So maybe he picked up like a parasite or something from, yeah. from, from, from the pit. Oh yeah. Man. Something, something like that. So this is where I'm thinking it's going to be like the game of Thrones style show where it's a lot of like social constructs, like who's going to team up with who and you know, how can we team up together and oh wait, you double crossed me, and it's going to be like that whole type of thing. And if you want to go with more recent shows like Succession on on HBO, right? Just everyone's just kind of playing each other to really just selfishly get what they want. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I think where like Fennec Shand kind of comes into play, um, I think there's going to be a lot more of her story in this show as well that we don't really expect because it's Book of Boba Fett. We expect it's more about him, but I think we're going to get probably like a whole episode on her and her backstory because oh. I think the last thing we know of her is that Boba saved her life. She's either like indebted to him or she's just flat out loyal, you know, for saving his life um, or for her, him saving her life. Mm-hmm. And, but we is also she, go ahead. And she has like that, like robotic a- abdomen now. Exactly. She doesn't make sense, but yeah. And, <laughs> and she had the bounty on her head. And I just want to know, like we have no idea who put this hit on hit who put this bounty on her and why. And I'm thinking it probably also has to do with these crime syndicates, which is like, you know, Boba went through the same thing with the bounty on his head. He hated it. Didn't enjoy it. Put him in a bad place with a lot of crime syndicates. And now, you know, she's probably going through the same thing. So it's like, it's like the ultimate team up. And I think the big name that we're going to see in the show is Kira and Crimson Dawn. And I think I know, and that's where it's going to get crazy. And it almost makes me think we're going to get a little bit of Han Solo in the show also. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of like one of my predictions I had as well. One, I loved all that backstory because that makes <laughs> me think that the, because like in the trailer, we see like these dudes with like the, the red shields kind of like surround mm-hmm. them. And in one of those TV spots, <clears throat> in one of those TV spots that I mentioned, uh, Fennec and him have one of them captured, like bound and like, bringing him somewhere so i wonder if like that's one of those crime syndicates that you were talking about that he was like feuding with with han solo and everything so that'll be really cool if that comes back to this um i think that'll be really interesting and a cool kind of tie-in to you know the the big three um and that what you said i kind of had that as one of my predictions as well that we're either going to see a han show up or 
Lando Calrissian show up. In this. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I I because I mean you know this show has proven that they are not afraid for big names to come up. You know, in Mando we got Boba Fett, um, Ahsoka Tano, and Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. all showed up. I mean. Those are three huge names, including Luke Skywalker. That's mm-hmm. you want to include R two D two. Yeah, that's a big name too. Can so, I tell you? Can I? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I bet you they're also going to get to tie in the sequel trilogy. I think the Knights of Ren are going to be in this show too. Oh, dude. Well, it might be too I, early I, for the Knights of Ren. No, though. actually, no. So, spoiler okay. spoiler okay. alert for one of the comics, Kira recruits the knights of ren to work for her in crimson dawn what and it's like and obviously it's not kylo ren leading them it's the actual original leader i, f- I forget his name i think it actually is ren but uh yeah whoa yeah okay, that that blew my mind that i yeah. did not know um, yeah w- we got to cover these comics at some time um, <laughs> yeah, oh my god they're, great. they're good but anyways i think that we're definitely going to see a big name like Han or Lando. Those are the two that I'm really thinking. And it's, I wouldn't put it past them for Luke to show back up. Actually, no, 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 no. That wouldn't make sense because he has Grogu. So I am going to bring back a prediction that we had for the Mandalorian. I think mm-hmm. Mace Windu is going to be in the show. Oh, sh- okay. 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 <laughs> and it's going to be the ultimate, uh, like decision for him right it's do i go for revenge and avenge my father's death who died right in front of me at the hands of this man who is now with one arm probably like a gray jedi of sorts maybe a little bit angry maybe a little bit evil at this point or do i continue on this journey of redemption for myself and how did this how does it play and make him an enforcer of tatooine to, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mace is working for him now. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That I would like that. I would actually love to see that. Actually, I okay. I, I now want that. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I can excite you in that way. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts? Uh, I think he's definitely. I think that Boba Fett's definitely going to get in his ship and just just cannon blast at Sarlacc pit as like a little revenge. I think he's definitely <laughs> going to do that. If we don't get that missed opportunity. What if they do the whole, you know, the bomb that everybody loves that we got in that one episode, the second to last episode of the Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. They're awesome. Like the, the what is it? The ion bomb or something like the whom, that? That yeah, noise. It's so good. What if he does that to the Sarlacc pit? I would love that so that much. Would be, I would love that. <laughs> Dude, you just got me hyped. That's going to be cool. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. Okay. Does that does that sum up our predictions for the show? Yeah, it does. Okay, well then let me just say these these some of these final words. For future episodes, we are planning on doing weekly episodes for the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh, releasing, you know, whatever day we decide to release these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime shortly after, you know, we'd we'd like a quick turnaround here. Uh blue, yes. that blue milk drop. And uh We'll just be kind of going through similar to this layout, similar to the style. And um, yeah, we're going to try to stay consistent with you guys and maybe add a little bit of things uh, here and there throughout. But uh, thank you for joining us. I think before we actually close it out, should we talk a little bit about, I guess, our history together as 
as yeah. podcast co-hosts. Yeah. I'll let you, you start us off. Yeah, definitely. Well, first off, thank you everybody for listening to our trailer reaction. Um, and just a little bit about us. We, so Nate and I, well, first off, we are, have been friends since we were in college. We, that's how we met. We, mm-hmm. we were taking organic chemistry lab together. That's how we met. And we bonded over playing NHL on yes, Xbox Live. <laughs> NHL 15. Yes. Um, and we about like two years ago, two and a half years ago, I, we started this movie podcast called Film on the Rocks. It was a lot of fun. Those episodes are still out and we would watch movies and kind of, we would, we would discuss them and come up with drinking rules and get into like themes and messages. It was a lot of fun. And about this time last year, we kind of both realized that we, uh, you know, had different uh, projects that we wanted to work on. And one of them was the Star Wars show because we had a Patreon show that was just on the Mandalorian. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we're like, man, this is just so much easier and it's so much more fun. And so that's when we decided, let's just do a Star Wars show. So here we are with Blue Milk Drop uh, a year later. And um, if people like me, I hope so. But uh, I do host a horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. And that is more of like a a, an analysis of the genre. I talk about the subgenres the movie falls into, the types of fears they play off of, themes and messages, and get to do all sorts of cool interviews and commentaries over there. So check out Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Um, But uh, for Blue Milk Drop, yeah, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Nate, what are our handles for that? Uh, they are literally Blue Milk Drop. We got the handle. <laughs> I'm sure nobody else thought of the name, right? So Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, be sure to follow us there. If you want to follow me uh, specifically, you can follow me at Brucker Horror on Twitter and Instagram. That is my uh, handle. Uh, do you want people to follow you, Nate? You just want to follow the show. I'll, I'll just plug the show. Uh, so follow good. us <laughs> at Blue Milk Drop on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We got a TikTok and we're going to go to YouTube eventually. Going to work our way up to that, you know, but yeah, that is, peop- that is people want to see the inside of my closet. <laughs> and <laughs> I am actually building or well, building. I am actually trying to put together my office to where it's like a cool little visual setting, but that's going to take time. Yeah, I am in a small apartment uh, here in Texas and... Yeah, I'm kind of just in the corner, so <laughs> you're going to enjoy my living room, basically. Oh, um, my goodness. But yeah, I'm glad to do this. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, you most likely are one of our loyal listeners from Film of the Rocks. Uh, so thanks for being OG. Yeah, thanks for with coming over. For the nine-month hiatus. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I don't think I was doing anything. You jumped right into uh, Autopsy of a Horror Movie. So Brucker's Mr. Podcast. <laughs> he <laughs> is Mr. Podcast. Yeah, um, and this is good. I was going to say this is like this is a passion project. I think for the absolutely. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of love, a lot of care uh, put into this show. So yes, yep. and we have been over like the last year. We have been sending each other like episode ideas that we want to do, like mm-hmm. like outside of what like when a TV show or a new movie isn't being released, we do want to have you know, just fun star Wars conversations and discussions. And that's like what this is for. So, mm-hmm. um, if you're a star Wars fan, like, you know, just, you know, reach out to us, tag us on your, um, you know, on Twitter and Instagram, you know, just let us know you're listening or share us with a friend. That would be 
fantastic. And if you do tag us and share us with a friend to shout us out, we'll shout you out in the episode. Say thank you. That would be great. And again, at Blue Milk Drop. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of shout outs, I want to give a quick shout out to the guy who did our art, uh, like our profile picture, our cover art. His name is Ty Baker. He is an artist here uh, in Austin, Texas. And uh, someone, you know, someone I'm close with, someone I text pretty regularly. <laughs> and it looks so, so good. It's so good. He did such a good, good job. Yeah. And he's young, too. And he, he did a great job. Uh, so it's only up from here. But shout out to Ty um, and hit him up for your art, too. You know, if you want it. But basically, <laughs> when when we came up with the show, I was like, I already know. I'm getting all the Star Wars people involved in this. And Ty is a huge Star Wars fan. So shout out him. Yes. But I think that's it. Is that, is that everything we want to cover? Yeah, this is it. I don't have a cool closing thought or whatever. But, you know, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.